What's up guys and gals and welcome to Wolfie's Gaming Den, a video game podcast where I, your host, Alex Wolf, with me on the end, give my thoughts on the video game industry, going over timely topics, current events, and more. If you have any particular things you'd like to hear me howl on about, you can always send me a message via Twitter at AlexDWolf or at Tumblr at Wolfie93 and join in on the conversation. So here we are, it's a week after E3, got that post E3 blues with a whole not a lot of news coming out, you know? Or a whole lot of, what? What did I say? <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of news coming out, I should say. Okay. So this week I'm going to go to a timely piece. And you know what? So this was inspired by two things. One, as you all know, I've been playing Psychonauts the last few weeks, and I'm going to get into that because I've never had a game piss me off so much. And the second thing was I was on the, the Twitter tweeter, and a good buddy of mine, you guys should check him out at Press X to Alex via Twitch or YouTube. Um, host of the PlayStation Forecast. I've been on there a couple times. But uh, my buddy tweeted out a picture of his son, and um, his son's on the TV stand climbing up, and he's watching Sonic Mania. And he tweets, I'm so glad that Sega could put out a game, you know, showcasing what he... Uh, and it put out a game and a style of game he used to play, you know, with the retro look and feel. So that got me thinking. A lot of games nowadays, a lot of gamers nowadays, especially those being born now and going into the future... Uh, won't have the ability to play... Wait, hold on. Before I get into that, let me... I have a bone to pick with, Double Fine. R- like, right now. So here's the deal. I'm playing this here Psychonauts, and I'm enjoying myself. You know, I'm playing an old PS2 classic. It was a game I missed out on as a kid. And you got the the sequel coming out here soon, or at least sometime this year, I hope. And they had the Rhombus of Ruin VR experience, which I also wanted to try. But I figured, let me go back, experience the game as a whole, see if it's the thing I'm into, and appreciate it. So, start the game, and, you know, I'm having a lot of fun. It's, you know, classic platforming stuff, and it's definitely an older, it definitely didn't, sorry, I have a cat in the background, she's very whiny today. What is wrong? Hmm? I I don't know. Anyway, so, going back, and I'm playing this game. It definitely has some age to it, which is fine. And, I mean, a game is more than 10 years old, you know. It's going to happen. And gameplay, the thing at the time though was was pretty solid, you know. It, and the physics were pretty nice too. So I mean, the game you're, you get your levitation ball. So when you roll, you, you keep rolling. There's inertia. You're going. And if you're on like a ledge with the ball, not a good idea. You're gonna fall off. Um, so it was pretty solid. Then we get to the meat circus. And I will tell. That's right. That's what I'm saying. This here meat circus was hell. All right. Now, I'm trying my best to refrain from the profane, but why? I don't, what happened? So, I mean, there's, it's a huge difficulty spike, and I mean difficulty, and not like in the fairness where it just gets hard. The game is broken, all right? So, I'm trying to do this thing where you're going up this, you're going up a spire, you know, it's, or not a spire, I should say, but it's like a, you're going up in a cylinder motion, and you're climbing, like, you know how in God of War, at least the original God of War, you always had those spirally staircases. Eh, think about it, it was in God of War PS4, too. But you're going up the spiraling staircases. This is in that fashion, but you're climbing a net, all right? Now, this net is broken up in, I believe, three or four parts. And what you have to do is you have to climb from the bottom right of the net um, piece to the, bottom, to the top left, and then leap to the next section. Now, in, an idea and concept, this makes total sense. It should not be difficult. Plenty of games do it. For some reason, you so when you you lean and you're like, all right, I gotta hop to the left. No big deal. It doesn't work. It can't be done. The idea is that you're supposed to be able to double jump. For some reason, the game does not allow you to double jump in in that portion. So what you'd have to do 
is either A, jump backwards and then double jump because like I guess there's like a frame issue or, or something going on there or a box. It's just invisible. Excuse me, but you're not able to do anything. So you jump backwards and then you have to double jump at the height of said first jump and then leap forward back onto the next net and hope you ha- you, you catch it, right? Now, trying doing the net four times is nerve-wracking because the camera in the game sucks. I mean, it's a PS2-era game. The cameras all sucked, you know? So you have to do that. Or, or you have to hop, and I mean hop, literally, from the top of this piece of the net you're latching onto and try to land on top of the edge of the net, like to where you're standing up upwards, okay? And then you pull out your levitation ball. Now, remember what I said about those physics? Because those don't go away. That ball still rolls. It does not stay still. You have to hop on there, quickly get your ball out, jump up, and you can either attempt to leap past the second net onto the third and try to repeat that process until you're back in the meat slab you're supposed to be because, again, it's a meat circus. So after losing and dying and screaming, this game sucks, it's broken, and acting like my 10-year-old self, I get to the boss fight, or at least the second portion of the boss fight. I go in this bad boy in my car. What do I do? Okay, he's throwing spiky, fiery balls. I just need to throw him back at him with the telekinesis. Okay, no big deal. Again, excuse said cat noises. And so I'm thinking this shouldn't be a problem. The game crashes. Now you tell me why in the hell a game from 10 years ago, if not more than, is crashing. Does this the, do someone inform me? Do the PS2 classics receive patches? Is this a thing? If so, why? Like, did, did the PS2 owners who played the original copy of this game have the same issue where the game just crashed at this portion of the game? Like, what? Why did PC players in the port have this crash? Because I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this happened to me three times the exact same spot. So imagine, you know. A five foot five young African American male sitting in his living room floor, because he is eyes glued to this TV, trying not to burn. You know, I'm about the Superman. I'm about the Superman. I'm drawing a blank. See, this is how mad I get. This is how mad I got at this game. The heat vision. I'm Superman heat visioning my eyes through this TV screen, making sure I'm going to make this damn jump. After an hour, and I'm like, "All right, cool, boss fight." Nope, game crashes. People. I legitimately, on the third time this happened, immediately quit the game. Like, I mean, I went to the home screen, options, quit game, and then uninstalled said game in a fluid motion, did not miss a beat, and then stormed away from the television screaming for about half an hour. This is no joke. This happened. After said half an hour, I said, F this. I'm going back and I'm beating this game. Will I platinum? Platinum the thing? Hell no. I am not platinuming this game. I, I refuse. I will not. I am boycotting it. So I go back. I then beat the game. And then I then repeat that process of home button, options button, quick game, options button, uninstall. <laughs> that was it. That was the last and the, the last time I'll ever play Psychonauts, the original. Now, needless to say, I, I will also be playing the Rhombus of Ruin and checking that out. And then I will also probably still partake in Psychonauts 2. God forbid there's no meat circus or anything equivalent to it. And I mean that. I don't want an Easter egg. I don't want a joke. I don't want a trophy. I, I don't want anyone to talk about me 
meat circus. It's, it's gone. No more. And then, and then, so you know what? That was great. And so here I am. I want to talk about this week. Like I said, so I'm paying a PS2 Classic. The buddies reminiscing over old games. Backwards compatibility. So, as I've said before, new consoles on the horizon. PlayStation's already talked about their tech. Xbox showed off, uh, you know, people talking about their new stuff with Project Scarlet coming. And it's... We're at that point now. It's like, okay, everyone's talked about backwards compatibility. Everyone said they're going to do it. So... Well, let's look back at the history of backwards compatibility with these current, with not current, con- well, yeah, current consoles and old. So probably the place to start with this is the PS3. So if you guys remember in uh, 20.5, 20.6, the PS3 came out looking like a, a George Foreman grill, right? We all know it. We all know the joke. And with that George Foreman grill came a hefty price tag of $599.99. And I mean, that, and I'm, Again, $599.99. That's a $600 price tag for a video game console. People were losing their minds with how expensive it was. And uh, let's go back into here's why. So back, everyone wanted to be able to play their PS2 games on the PS3, right? I mean, that makes sense. The PS2 had a classic library. The PS3 was the next generation. It would make sense for my disc to play into a new console. Just much like, you know, how your DVDs work in your Blu-ray player. So... The PS2 used something called the Emotion Engine. Now, I can't really explain what that was, but it was the engine that the system used to play the games and whatnot. So in order to get that to work in a PS3, there was no emulating. There was no software. It was they had to build the Emotion Engine inside of the PS3 and then have the, and from what I understand, the PS3's actual internals and things that made the PS3 aspects of things work surround it. Hence why you had the massive George Foreman grill. So, when, you know, at that point, you're putting in a console inside of another console. Now, the 360 had the ability to play back, uh, play original Xbox games, but that was using uh, software emulation. So, it led to some hiccups here and there, depending on the game. But, it is what it is. Um, so, when Sony dropped the price on the PS3s to $400, that came with, you know, the loss of backwards compatibility on the PS2. And fans were, were mad. They were upset. But it's just like one of those things, like, what do you do when, you know, you want people to buy your console, but it's too expensive, but you also want to keep the availability of your old games. And it's like, you know, they made a judgment call. So newer models of PS3 could not play PS2 titles, but the price drop came. Fast forward. Here we are, PS3 to PS4. The PS4 is not backwards compatible, but we have the PlayStation Now streaming service. Same thing with the Xbox. Microsoft ran into a similar problem later, where, you know, and this is probably more detrimental to them, just because they're still, compared to Sony and Nintendo, they don't have as much as established library. You know what I mean? At least going into this. Sony's got, has been releasing consoles, releasing PlayStation games since 95, Xbox started in the early 2000s, and Nintendo since the 80s. So they're still trying to, you know, catch up. And now while the 360 had, you know, had great games, there's not as many flagship titles um, pushing the Xbox brand that are like Nintendo or PlayStation have, at least in my opinion. 
So when the Xbox One launched and there wasn't any backwards compatibility, that was a massive blow to them and people lost it. You know, it was a matter of, you know, the 360, you know, fair to say won that generation. So to not be able to play those games and then you didn't come out with a console with a $500 price tag. So it's still pretty hefty there. It's like, well, what? Where, where is this cost going to? Why is it so expensive and I can't even play my old games on there? You know, a couple years down the road, backwards compatibility launches, people are playing Xbox 360 and original Xbox games on their Xbox Ones. People are happy. And it makes sense. It gives, it carries the legacy. You know, it transports those games into a time where newer people, people who didn't own a 360 and people that, you know, didn't own an original Xbox can go back and experience those titles. You know, so it, those are the real pros there. That's the pro of the backwards compatibility uh, concept with game consoles. It allows a new generation of players to play legacy in an older generation of games. It also helps with the transition of moving, you know, of allowing people to upgrade their new consoles. It People can hold on to their games safely knowing that they can take their old console, trade it in at a GameStop, and use those funds to purchase a new console and still play their old games. They don't have to go out and buy a brand new game. I mean, they probably will because you bought the new console to play the new games. But they can still, you know, if they don't like the new game they just purchased, they, you know, they didn't waste the comp- their money on this new console. They can still play their old stuff and be okay until the next thing comes out. So that's there. Um, but the negatives of backwards compatibility, and I think a lot of people don't focus on this, are like I said with the cost, going back to the PS3. The moment they removed that emotion engine from the PS3, it dropped $200, you know? So it's just like, okay, wh- now we're in this generation where backwards compatibility with the Xbox One is the cheapest console on the market right now, and you can play your games. You can purchase them or download them, or if you have the physical disc, you can insert them and play them that way. So it's a matter of, okay, so with the next generation, are we going to pay a heftier cost at launch with these consoles in order to play the old games? Because we all know backwards compatibility will be, will be there for the PS5 and Project Scarlet, you know? So that's there. And, I mean, and not having backwards compatibility hasn't been a total bad thing, you know? So... Let's think about this. When the PS3 lost backwards compatibility and people wanted to play older titles, what what happened? Developers started pub- developers and publishers started making HD remasters. So you would get a classic game that you know and loved made better, with better graph, uh, a better resolution, going up to 1080p, sometimes a better frame rate, and then new little features and sometimes a little hidden uh, new gems announcing like, oh hey, this old franchise you liked. We're coming out with another one, you know, hence, like, uh, like the Sly Cooper collection did. That's how we got our trailer, our next hint towards Sly 4, or which would then came to be Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. So things of that nature came about. And then started the, the, the NES Mini, or NES Classic, the SNES Classic, the Sega Genesis Mini, the PlayStation Classic. We started getting things of that nature. So, and those highlight, you know, it, while it highlights the lack of backwards compatibility we have in consoles nowadays, it also was a huge thing, and it allowed people, <laughs> allowed people, allowed people to go back and play these old games in a way they are always done. You know, not they didn't get like a kind of refresh or anything like that. They had some new like quality of life things, like you know, you could create save files and things of that nature. But for the most part, the games were the same that you remained. And then we also with the you know, 
like the SNES Classic, we got games we never had access to before, like with Star Fox 2. Now, while that game was not great <laughs> launching, you know, 30 years later, 40 years almost, it it's still nice that we can have that. Again, carrying the legacy forward. So, here we are. We're on the cusp of a new generation. And there's also the the concern that games are still launching for this current generation, you know? We still have Ghost of Tsushima. We still have Death Stranding. We still have Last of Us 2. All coming in the pipeline. Death Stranding not having a release date of this year. So when the PS5 launches, are we going to receive a enhanced version of Death Stranding? Will the base games just, when we pop in our PS4 disc, will it just get it uh, upscaled? How will that work, you know? And it raises a question like, so backwards compatibility is here. How do we live in a, an era where HD remasters, you know, print money for the most part, but our old games now still work, you know? So unless it's like a from the ground up reimagining like the Final Fantasy VII remake is, what justifies HD remasters still existing into this next generation? So just, you know, kick back and think about that, you know? Hold on a second. The throat got dry, and again, a cup of swig of water. But anyway, where was I? So yeah, we have that going on. And then, then we have, you know, Xbox going in, and they have, you know, backwards compatibility is a must for them. Again, they have a lesser legacy when it comes to, when it comes to titles. They have to be able to bring those games over, you know, especially with how Fred out. Like, so for instance, Halo Infinite. The game is launching alongside Project Scarlet. But it's still going to be available on Xbox One. How? Why? You know? Why do that? I understand you want your install base. You know, you, you still want to sell copies to those who own an Xbox One. But if you're going to make your Xbox One games compatible on your new Xbox Scarlet you know, or whatever you're calling it. Wouldn't you use that ex- that exclusive title there to be that driving sales force? You know? Because otherwise, people are... It, it takes away from Project Scarlet because that, that game's already available to them. Now, for... And now, think about... The, there's also a chance it could still work. Breath of the Wild was the same way with, this, with Nintendo Switch. It launched with it, but the but Breath of the Wild still came out on Wii U. And the same thing happened with Legend of Zilla Twilight Princess. The game launched on the GameCube, but also launched on the Wii. Or also released on the Wii. I shouldn't say launched. Um, so, how, how does that work? Because I don't believe the Wii U copy of Breath of the Wild sold mass amounts of numbers like the Switch version did, you know? So why... Why do it? You know, the Breath of the Wild on the Wii U didn't get a whole lot of support. No one really cared for it. It kind of existed. When you walked into a store, they maybe had one or two copies, but they had, you know, 40 million copies of it on the Switch. Will we see the same kind of thing happen with Halo Infinite, where we'll have a few copies here for the Xbox One stragglers, and then just a ton of copies on the new product Scarlet? At that point, why do it? You're obviously wanting people to buy it in your new console. Your new console will play your older games. Why release it like that? And now it, we're going to get into a portion where it's going to be Sony's turn to do the same thing 
because you still have Last of Us 2 coming, Ghost of Tsushima, like I mentioned before. Neither of those games have release dates, but chances are they're all releasing, if not into this year, they'll release next year, which is also the speculated time a lot of people are expecting the new PlayStation to launch to probably combat with Product Scarlet. Well, probably, and a lot of people expecting like a summer reveal or a spring reveal of the PlayStation 5 and probably a physical look at the Product Scarlet uh, console from Microsoft around the same era, too. What? What? Excuse the cat and my obnoxious what? Anyway, so it is, it is, makes that question. And here, and the thing is, we as consumers have also learned to live without backwards compatibility. I want you, I'm going to run you through a timeline here and kind of go through it, you know? Let's, uh, let's look at this. So from PS1 to PS2, backwards compatible, you know? Totally fine. Fully compatible, all PS1 games. Worked on the PS2, no issue. And then we have the PS2 into the PS3. PS3 launched with backwards compatibility, after a couple years lost it. And we have the PS3 to PS4. No backwards compatibility, but we had cloud streaming where you can stream your old PS3 games to the PS4. Not a lot of people picked it up. Now we go on the Xbox. The Xbox, the original Xbox games, um, some worked on the 360 via software emulation. Then the 360 and the Xbox One originally didn't have the backwards compatibility. Then later down the line, a, sl- a huge amount of Xbox 360 and Xbox and original Xbox titles became available to play. But then, you know, actually, they just announced during E3, no more games will be coming to the backwards compatibility list, which is fine. Totally fine. It has a... Most of the games people wanted to be able to play on that console are now available, so I can't imagine what more they would do. And then we have Nintendo, (laughs) and this is a longer list. We have the NES to SNES. Worked fine. SNES N64, sorry, can't do it. N64 to GameCube, not going to happen. GameCube to Wii worked, including accessories between WaveBirds, GameCube controllers, and memory cards. The original Wii models had that back port. We can insert that. Later down the line, while the Wii could read those GameCube titles, there was no accessory ports to, to use it, so it didn't exist. Then the Wii U happened, and the Wii games worked on the Wii U, no problem. Then the Wii U came and gone, came, and here we are with the Switch. The Switch is using a new, new style of going back to cartridges, no longer disc. Not backwards compatible. In that time, as we can see, consoles are still selling, games are still selling like gangbusters, and we as a community have adapted. So, does that come from people holding on to their consoles? Because, uh, I mean, I, I am a former... Nah, I shouldn't say former GameStop employee, but I'm there. Um, I, you still see people trading in their old consoles, getting the new stuff. That'll never change. And, you know, and that while they're upset that they're losing access to that massive library of games, they have found ways in either being okay with sacrificing that for the new games and being okay with it, and over time just ignoring the fact that they don't, you know, they don't play those games anymore. Or they hold on to their consoles, which they don't want to do because it's just sitting there collecting dust and it's just taking up shelf space, but they're doing. So... I ask you guys this. Where where do you guys lie in the backwards compatibility? Because I personally, I enjoy backwards compatibility, but it is not do or die for me. Yes, there are moments where I want to go back and play some old PS3 titles. Like, for instance, I have been jonesing, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I'll fight you all to death on it. I have been jonesing to play Batman Arkham Origins again. 
but I can't unless I get PlayStation Now, and I don't feel like, you know, getting a, a service for that to play that one game, you know? I thought long and hard about it. I almost did, but I didn't, and going back and doing that. I I have a shelf full of new games for this, cur- this current generation that I still have not played. Um, I still have plenty of, and some of those HD remasters, things I did say I wanted to play again, and I haven't, or at least I haven't gone back and really fiddled around as much as I thought I would. You know, so let me know where you guys stand. And before I leave you guys, let me know where you guys stand with this. So the other day, my girlfriend and I were out, and we were talking to a customer service rep, and we picked up uh, Modern Hero or Modest Heroes. It's a, a a Blu-ray with a series of short films. I believe there's three. Uh, and the the uh, what's the word? And the cashier looks at this. He's oh, this looks pretty cool. You know, I've been thinking about picking it up myself. And we're chit chatting, blah 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 blah. And then she gives a thumbs up. My girlfriend gives a thumbs up back. I don't. And then ensues a conversation. And she looks at me and she goes, I feel like whenever someone gives you a thumbs up, it is instinct and polite you have to give the thumbs up back. And like, right? Right? And I'm like, no. Uh, no, I don't think that's a thing at all. And But at the same time, you got to think about making the thumbs up, making the thumbs up figure in my hand here is uncomfortable. I'm doing it right now and it feels weird. Like, I, I can't do it. So I don't instinctively do that. I'm like, oh, hey, thanks. Um, so I don't know, but where do you guys land on that? Where, so, you know, do your homework on this. Where do you land on backwards compatibility? And where do you land on doing the thumbs up? All right. Other than that, guys, I'd like to thank you again for joining me this week. Uh, feel, of course, by all means, uh, like, comment, subscribe, share, whatever you can do on any subscription service. By all means, let me know how am I doing. Tell me what I'm doing great. Tell me what I'm doing bad. I would love to work out, uh, work with you guys on that. I want the show to grow. Um, Again, you can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker FM, uh, Republic Radio, I believe is one, and um, there's one more. All of them but the IT, but Apple Podcast. I'm working on it. I gotta, I gotta send an email to some people and work that out. But I'll be there. But until then, guys, I'll see you next week and have a great one.